Thanks for listening to the news live on WBEZ and NPR. The WBEZ stream sounds great in the kitchen on your smart speaker and anywhere on the WBEZ app. Listen every day. What's up, Chicago? I'm Erin Allen, and this Stop playing with them, Ryan. is The Rundown. And I'm bad like the Barbie. I'm a dog, but I still want to party. Pink felt like I'm ready to bend. I'm a 10, so I pull in a can. So if you saw the Barbie movie this year, you have heard drill music. This is a drill song by Nicki Minaj and Ice Spice. Yelling out, we ain't selling out. We got money, but we ain't lending out. We got bars, but we ain't belling out. And that pink Ferrari, we... But before it was showing up on the big screen, drill was a local sound created and honed by young people in Chicago. And even before that... Before the genre was created, drill was just a bird. I feel like... Drill music as a genre makes the verb something you can feel. This is Chicago DJ Cash Era, and the verb she's talking about is fighting or retaliating. The genre came straight out of the South Side in the 2010s. A lot of the lyrics are explicit, violent, and confrontational. Let me see a on And that has put drill in a lot of people's mouths lately. As I speak, gangs posting videos and music online that document, encourage, and glamorize violence. Smoking their dead ops, and they talk about specific people on specific times and specific places. Especially in reference to a few high-profile trials of drill rappers like Young Thug and FBG Duck. It was a Chicago rapper who was gunned down here on one of Chicago's ritziest streets. But in a recent piece for WBEZ, artist and educator Niall Lansana and professor Reginald Royston make some of the same points folks made about gangster rap when it came out. They say moralizing about how drill glorifies violence ignores the stories of loss and frustration from the folks making the music. They spoke with a couple of people within drill culture, including DJ Cash Era, and they're here to talk about how the genre is often misunderstood. Niall, Reginald, welcome to The Rundown. Hi, what's going on, Aaron? Thank you for having me. So, Niall, I just want to start a little bit big picture here. From your perspective, as somebody who works with some of the same young people who would be creating drill music, what was it like when you were first getting into the genre? Drill, like, was being created in the city before Chief Keef Finally Rich came out. Mm -hmm. But when Chief Keef's Finally Rich came out, I think that was the moment that made Drill national. At that point, I was a freshman in high school at Jones College Prep. Okay. That time was, like really exciting like I could feel like the energy of drill in the city was like infectious I would go to poetry slams and like DJs would play drill and it would be like people would just be geeked yeah I felt like it was something that was I think more than just like a type of party energy. Like, mm. I, I, I could tell that there was, like, a substance. I mean, it's exciting to, like, be a part, you know, like, feel like you're a part of something. You're witnessing something kind mm-hmm. of start and then continue. Um, Reginald, for you and your role as a, as a former music critic, 
as a person who researches music with musicians, what were some of your first impressions when you started to get into drill music? And as a DJ or former DJ. Oh, excuse me. Also, and as a person who who be spinning. Yeah, that's Go right. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my very first interest, I guess, in a Chicago music, music scene in particular was around footwork music in the year 2015. I was living in Chicago uh, in Hyde Park uh, for the summer and so really spent a lot of time with footwork DJs and dancers going to battlegrounds. Um, and footwork was in a really interesting phase at that point. And some of the DJs and producers that I talked to were talking about, like, mm, maybe I should switch over to drill. I had already heard about drill. And that summer in particular, 2015, the drill was everywhere. So that's how I initially got into the drill. I've been in hip hop scenes as a activist promoter dj writer my initial interest was you know this is another style of hip-hop drill really started off as a very local sound of chicago youth um talk about what drill looked like as a newer art form how did it in like before it started to to proliferate what i'll say as a musicologist as a music writer you know i just noticed a slower darker tone you know, a lot of the criticism about drill is that it's not as dexterous as, you know, uh, let's say, you know, somebody like Rhymefest. Or at that time, it was like One Below or, you know, some of these real backpacker rappers, even Chance the Rapper. You know, I think that musical backdrop, you know, kind of a slowed down Chicago pace, South Side pace, you know, allowed the delivery to really come through the kind of what people often talk about, how raw drill rappers are, how they just kind of get straight to the point. more of a spoken word delivery. I think that conveys, obviously, you know, a certain sense of menace, a certain vitality, you know, and scenarios that those particular artists were going through at that moment. To Reg's point about that, like, sense of menace, I think that what you could feel through the delivery and the storytelling and then also in the production was what these young people were going through. We're hearing stories of violence. We're hearing stories of trauma. We're hearing stories of alleged crimes. And I think that one of the things that can be off-putting to a general consumer about drill is like the aesthetics, Uh, Mm. that it's primarily young black people talking about these stories where like these popular narratives about drill are to give these young black people a lot of the blame and a lot of the strife for what they're going through. Whereas like, I think we live in a culture that 
glamorizes violence. Like I've never heard these type of critiques about people seeing Rambo or people seeing Scarface or people seeing The Godfather. Like mm. you don't hear people talking about it when it's these middle-aged white men, but when it's young black kids mm. who are in these scenarios, not a fictional movie, but like yeah. actually talking about what they're living yes. through, then that comes off in a different way. And I think that that's like a nuance that we try to bring. How has that played into criminal cases in Chicago and in, in the area and, and down south as well? Reginald, can you speak to that? So that was also an inspiration, you know, for the piece. Um, there's so much coverage of the FBG duck trial here. Trial is underway now for six people charged with the murder of a Chicago rapper gunned down in the middle of the day in the Gold Coast. FBG Duck, also known as Carlton Weekly, was shot and killed while shopping on Oak Street back in August of 2020. And then uh, Young Thug down in Atlanta, right? Mm -hmm. The rapper whose real name is Jeffrey Williams Jr. was arrested Monday on a 56-count racketeering indictment. That indictment alleges his YSL record label is a criminal street gang that has committed murder, assault, and threats of violence. And what's on trial, along with the young men, is the music itself. Furthermore, the culture, right? And some of it does warrant deeper looks, right? Particularly, I think, people's virtual personas, right? what we see on Instagram, what we see on YouTube, along with, you know, kind of the lyrics that are especially graphic, you know, calling out alleged crimes in particular. You know, on social media, uh, drill also has a connotation where people are calling out their ops, calling out their enemies, calling out people that they don't like, that they're warring with, that they're beefing with. And um, have allegedly murdered in some scenarios, right? Mm -hmm. So this is disturbing, I think, to the public at large. It's even disturbing for hip-hop heads like me, right? Um, There was so much innuendo, even going back to the Tupac Biggie beef. Sometimes there was tracks directed directly at people. uh, But there's a kind of graphic nature on social media of talking about where people live, trying to embarrass their families. Yeah. That has really contributed to the more toxic elements of drill online. And that has been the focus of uh, a lot of trials demonstrating for a jury or for a judge, you know, this is this person's online persona. Here are what they're saying in their lyrics. This person therefore must be guilty of, you know, whatever charges. Niall, um, in your writing, you talk about the need to read between the lines um, with drill music. What are some of the emotions that a lot of people may not be picking up on when they listen? I think that there is a lot of hurt and a lot of anger and a lot of pain that comes from these young people who are making drill I also think that there is a deep desire to change their circumstances and to, like, make a better life for themselves and for the people that they're around. And I think for some folks who have become more successful 
there is like a sense of very complicated grief. Like G Herbo just put out an mm-hmm. album called Survivor's Remorse. Mm-hmm. He's very deeply thinking about like how he's been able to make a life for himself through music outside of the circumstances that he grew up in. But a lot of the people that he was close to did not get to see him live that life. Did not get to make it out like he did. There's a very much sense of like very twisted grief in that. Yeah. And I think that for somebody who's a general consumer of drill, I would really push them to look past the aesthetics and really look into the substance and look into that these young people are really like delivering this from their souls and their hearts of like what they're going through and wanting to wanting to like just live better you know yeah I know you interviewed DJ Cash Era yes. for some of your writing, um, who is a DJ who's based in Chicago. Yes. So we have some some tape of um, DJ Cash Era talking about some of that that read between the lines piece. I'm going to play that. These these are not just Chicago kid issues. These are just human issues that people face. I think the appeal of Joe music is that it's like, yo, I can tell my story and get you hype and amped up at the same time. Like the anger and the passion that I'm feeling while I'm writing this and spitting this, you can feel this in the track as well. You know, I feel like that's a really powerful depiction. You know, you said coming into it, Niall, that it was kind of like, you know, like a party kind of music. Um, it's more than just a party. It's more than just the violence, right? It's like you said, it's people's raw emotions. Um, the music is created by young people, teenagers, young adults. And it's heavy, it's sad, it's violent. Um, how should we be reacting to the content instead um, of, you know, a lot of the the kind of punitive and um, demonizing that a lot of the media does when it comes to Drill Nile? Mm. That's a great question. I think that there is a very, like, dehumanizing nature with the rhetoric about drill and i think that at the core of it these are young people who are using a creative outlet to express themselves and i think that these communities that they're coming from need more resources and need more investment and like where could there be like an art center in these communities uh, for these young people to congregate so they don't have to like be maybe making the music like out their basement or wherever? Like, I think that there could be so many different ways that we could support these young people instead of ostracize them because I don't think that they deserve that. Reginald, um, I want to I want to ask both of you, but starting with you, Reginald, how have you seen that look in Chicago? Any any reinvesting efforts um, that you've seen coming through? Well, when I look at the projects of groups like Kumba Links, even the the projects Good Kid, Mad City, mm-hmm. 
these are opportunities to engage with young people who are involved in the culture. And these type of efforts need to be better supported. One of the things we wanted to see with this piece, I mean, there was a New York Times piece that did a podcast that did, you know, 10 years of drill. Mm. Right. And it was three white uh, music critics um, talking about drill. And right at the last moment, it came out last year, right at the last moment, they're like, oh, you know what? We didn't talk about any of the violence, you know, <sighs> and, and and they kind of laughed it off. And, you know, for me, that's felt so disconnected from mm. the reality of people living in the South Side. Right. Wow. Yes. Of course, we can celebrate drill. We We have to work with it, but we also have to address some of the negative aspects, you know, whether it's people um, hoisting, you know, large assault rifles on social media, right? Often that are fake, right? Um, Often that are borrowed from people, right? So when we see these type of behavior online, how can we intervene? I think it's the arts organizations that are ground level, that have a moral center, but are really compassionate and care about youth that can do this work really well. Yeah. Now, how about you as a as a person who's kind of yeah in the in the youth worker space? How are you seeing that manifest in the city? There are tons of different organizations and community leaders who really want to invest their lives in making our city better. And I think I want to see the city invest itself Mm. in what these people are investing their lives in. At the end of the day, like, I don't think that drill would be as global as it is if not only the issues were, like, just Chicago things, but also Mm. if the energy and the joy and the release wasn't just Chicago things either. Like people are finding ways to translate that for themselves and then express it around the world. And I think there's something very powerful about that. And I think that like young people are always going to find ways to tell their stories. You know, there's a power to the music. And the other thing that DJ Cash Era said was that, you know, you could you could listen to a drill on your way to a white collar job working at a bank. Right. <laughs> there's a reason it helps turn up the soundtrack in the Barbie movie, right? Mm, yes. Because there's there's a specific energy pushing through, you know, bleak circumstances that is unrelenting, you know. Yeah. And I think I think a lot of people can enjoy that, you know, maybe if they get past um, some of what makes them uncomfortable, as she says in the article, you know, they can hear both the realities and all the emotions uh, that need to be addressed. Well said. Both of you. (laughs) Reginald Royston studies digital innovation at the University of Wisconsin-Madison, where he also does research with DJs, musicians, and dancers in Chicago and in West Africa. 
Reginald, thank you. Thanks for having me on. Niall Lansana is an interdisciplinary artist and youth educator from the south side of Chicago. Niall, thank you. Thank you so much, Erin, for having me. You can check out their full story on Drill Music in Chicago at WBEZ.org. And that's it for today. Thank you to Justin Bull and Sarah Stark for producing The Rundown and to Ariel Van Klee for editing the show. Brendan Banaszak is our executive producer and our theme music is by Louis Weeks. The Rundown is produced by WBEZ Chicago and is a part of the NPR Network. I'm Erin Allen. Thank you for listening. I'll talk to you later. I listen to drill when I'm going to the gym. I listen to drill when I'm going to coach soccer. <laughs> I listen to drill when I'm on the train. I listen to drill when I'm about to write poetry. Like, it is a lifestyle music, you know? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>